This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two. This is Sportsnet today. I'm Logan Gordon. She's Taylor. He's Cam. They are the outstanding production duo in the afternoons here. We're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios. And the fan feedback line always open to you 960 960. Lots of great interaction on the text line to close out hour one. My belief levels following a two-game win streak for the Calgary Flames. Now just four points back of the of the Winnipeg Jets, excuse me, who are in action against those Minnesota Wild tonight across the Sportsnet television network. Quick reminder, Flames talk coming up later tonight with uh, Pat Steinberg. Who's going to be on location this Thursday, live from Cowboys Casino. As Cowboys presents the fifth annual wing-off in support of Kids Sport Calgary, March 9th, 6 to 9 p.m. We need your help finding YYC's ultimate wing champion. Get ready for an evening filled with YYC celebrities. All-you-can-eat wings from Calgary's best pubs and restaurants and a drink to wash it all down. You can get your tickets now at showpass.com. All you have to do is search Cowboys Wing Off. If you're looking for something to do on Thursday, Pat Steinberg and Flamestalk are going to be live from Cowboys Casino for the fifth annual Wing Off in support of our friends at Kids Sport Calgary. Once again, showpass.com, search Cowboys Wing Off. Uh, Logan, Cam, and Taylor along with you on this Wednesday, March 8th. Special day today as it is uh, International Women's Day. Cam sarcastically claps in the background. No sarcasm here, buddy. Uh, And a great opportunity to to recognize some of the special people, uh, special women in our lives today. Um, Wanted to take a quick second to... uh, recognize some of the women that uh, we spend a lot of time with here at Sportsnet and uh, we'll dive into a conversation about some of our favorite female athletes as I think it's a good way to sort of bridge what's a very cool day into what we do here on sports radio and I know Taylor's got something kicking around on our TikTok yes Sportsnet 960 has a TikTok Taylor we have bridged the gap into more social media I'm making everybody more Gen Z it's true we're kicking and screaming into uh, TikTok territory, but Taylor's making us do it, and uh, you can find us. Is it just at Sportsnet960 on TikTok? Yes, it is. You can find all of our fantastic TikTok information uh, and, and different things there. Uh, but on this International Women's Day, I did want to take a quick second to, uh, to recognize a couple people, including that voice you just heard, Taylor Dingman, one of our outstanding producers here at Sportsnet. 
um, Haley Salvian, who does Hockey Central 960, uh, Sandra Persina, uh, the outstanding voice of the Calgary Wranglers, uh, a voice here on Sportsnet 960, also does work at our sister station, uh, 660 City News, uh, Ashley Ostrander, outstanding promotions coordinator, uh, just a couple of people behind the scenes here that maybe you don't uh, hear as often as, say, Haley's voice, but do uh, really tremendous work for us here um, at Sportsnet 960. We really couldn't do it without them, and uh, I think it's a perfect day to make sure that you recognize those people in your lives. We've obviously all got you know special women in our lives, whether it's in our workplace or in our family lives or personal lives. Um, so thank you for everything that you do, and uh, Taylor, it seems like now is a good time to um, we can have some fun with this because when you were being interviewed for your job here at Sportsnet, I mentioned to you, hey, by the way, there's no women here at all. It's just dudes. Is that cool with you? And of course, as anyone in an interview says, you're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Not a problem. I can handle that. Uh, you're now like, what, six, seven months into working here and uh, you have become the unsolicited leader of all of us morons around here. Um, we, we don't call you mom, but you're kind of like the daycare camp leader here at Sportsnet 960 now. Yeah, as I've said and kind of compared this studio uh, to like a kindergarten class, when the teacher steps out for like five seconds and just chaos ensues, and somebody has to just kind of try and keep everything mm-hmm. from burning to the ground. Yep. That's, that's you. You've uh, you've made great strides. The studio does not smell as much as dude anymore, which is admittedly a nice thing. You just kind of get used to, you know, sensing that you've got like we've got like recycling bins now that are properly labeled, and you've tried to design the studio in a more homely fashion instead of it just being like a combination of eight white walls around here. You're, uh, you, what did you say? You're making this house a home. Our broom closet, a <laughs> less scary place. Yeah. yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, no, but you've done, uh, you've done really awesome work and I wanted to make sure that, uh, you were part of it today because, uh, you've been a great member of the team so far. Uh, I know Cam feels the same way. He gets to work with you every single day. So, uh, did you just boo her? You just boo her. Sarcasm. That you're one was to be sarcasm. Nice and you're, you're giving her the booze. That one was sarcasm. How dare you say something nice about Taylor right you're doing now? Great TD. Good job. <laughs> great job, Cam. Yeah. That was from the heart. You can really tell. Heart and soul. Uh, so, as part of your uh, your TikToks today, Taylor, for Sportsnet uh, on International Women's Day, you've been going around and asking the different hosts and producers favorite female athletes and why. Uh, I refuse to give you a why on mine. I just gave you my all-time favorite female athlete. But we haven't asked you this question. I don't know if you've been on that side of the camera yet. When you think about your favorite all-time female athlete, where do you go? Christine Sinclair. Really? Yep. Why Christine Sinclair? Um, Growing up, I played soccer. So just watching her play has just kind of like... It really pushed me to the next level of actually wanting to stay in soccer and kind of go to the next level. And like as a kid, you you didn't really have anybody 
to look up to and want to, you know, you don't really have those people. And so Christine St. Clair was kind of that person for me for a lot. And I feel like for a lot of young Canadian women Mm -hmm. that they just now have like all of these women to look up to. But mine was Christine St. Clair. That's really cool. I'm curious too. And I, I don't know if I've ever come out and asked you, but what's the atmosphere been like for you jumping into to sports media you've been with me to uh, a calgary flames game and kind of seen the behind the scenes thing and the flames are lucky that they have uh, a couple of great women doing stuff for them olivia mcdonald does great stuff uh cammy kepke from global is there uh you know just to name a few but i'm curious how it's been for you jumping into it because you know we know it's and I, you know, I joked with you about the interview process but it is still a lot of guys uh in the sports media world I think you just kind of get used to it. You know that it's not like a big women environment. Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of get used to it and like, all right, I'm here. I'm just here to do my job and going to do it as best that I can. And it doesn't really matter kind of if there's 50 men in there. You just do it. Just do your thing and uh, wind up taking over the uh, the studio one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, Cam, Yo. I know you were uh, asked on the TikTok earlier, but share with us, uh, if you will, where your favorite female athlete yes. uh, would be and who and why. So originally I said Haley Wickenheiser. Good choice. Um, for, I think, just elevating the level of and like the public awareness of Canadian women's ice hockey. Um, but I also wanted to give a shout out to Susie Wolf and Claire Williams. Um, in the F1 scene, uh, Susie is the uh, director of F1 Academy, and Claire Williams was the head of Williams Racing for a bit. Um, just really, really inspirational to see some of those women go up to the the very tops of uh, Formula One, which again is a very male dominated sport. And shout out to them. I wondered if you were going to go there or not, knowing that you're such a big F1 guy. But I can't, I couldn't come to it from the same level of experience as you or Pat or any of the guys that follow that sport. More like I obviously know, um, you know, the sort of discrepancy or I don't even know discrepancy, but difference in amount of people that cover um, sports like hockey because I'm there all the time. But I was curious where you would go from F1. Yeah, shout out those two. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I went with Marie-Philippe Poulain. That's just a right here, right now sort of thing. I'm kind of with Taylor where... I think there's been a lot of different female athletes that I've looked up to over the years. Um, like Haley Wickenheiser is a great one. Uh, Cassie Campbell-Pascal is a name that comes to mind uh, over the years. Obviously, a lot of hockey. That's kind of been my um, my wheelhouse for sports forever. But, I mean, you have to think of, you know, there's a ton of different females that have had massive impacts uh, in the sporting world, we were talking about earlier, Haley, or, or not with Haley, but uh, with you, Taylor, you know, someone like Ronda Rousey is going to be named for that. And how many guys, you know, thought that one day they'd be cheering on, you know, a female fighter in the UFC. That's a, that's a crazy thing to think about. Danica Patrick uh, is someone too, Cam, that I thought, you know, in the racing world, you know, obviously not F1, but in the racing world has, NASCAR, a, absolutely. has had a big impact there. That's, you know, a huge name uh, around the world. We talked about Serena Williams. Uh, you know, someone like Billie Jean King is still, you know, probably past our generation. But when you want to talk about the hierarchy of where 
women's sports is today and why they have the sort of platforms that they have, you don't get there without someone like Billie Jean King. So uh, those are just some of our favorites. I thought it was important to share it here on International Women's Day. And, uh, you know, for the Texas point of view, it's not, this isn't a competition thing. This isn't about, hey, why don't I get a day? It's simply, in my mind, about uh, using it as an opportunity to amplify and pick up those special women around you. And we all have them. So please don't use this as a, as a situation of uh, a competition or where's my special day sort of thing. It's, it's really not about that for, for us here. It's just about amplifying those voices and those great people that we do get to work with. And I'm glad that I got an opportunity to, uh, to talk about some of them. There's plenty more in my life. Uh, my sisters and my mom and all that sort of thing. But you know, Taylor and Haley and all these people that I get to work with on a, on a day-to-day basis, those are the ones that uh, I really feel are important to uh, to make sure you shout out on a uh, on a cool day like today. So uh, it's International Women's Day. Make sure that uh, you thank those special people in your lives uh, on this day and uh, make sure that they feel uh, welcomed and warm, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be sports. We're using sports as sort of the bridge in all of this, but uh, obviously way more. Uh, ways that you can connect and a couple on the text line coming in. Uh, Mac from Canmore, uh, Lindsey Vaughn, pretty incredible women in sport. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, there's a text agreeing with Taylor about Christine Sinclair, best goal scorer of all time. Uh, I know Sandra would have loved that one for sure. Uh, and yeah, a couple other ones there um, on the text line at 960-960. Uh, we'll chat with Andy McNamara coming up next segment. All things NFL. Uh, some interesting storylines to follow there. Quick look at the scoreboard tonight uh, in the NHL. Did want to highlight this uh, for people watching uh, hockey tonight. It's a big one for the Flames on the out-of-town scoreboard. Flames off the next two days. They're back in action Friday against the Anaheim Ducks. You want to get a look at the Ducks? Well, they're in Vancouver to take on the Canucks. Sportsnet 360 for your viewing pleasure. 8 o'clock puck drop. Ducks 21-35-8. Vancouver 26-32-5. 5.30, you've got the Blackhawks and the Red Wings. And across the Sportsnet television network at 5.30, Jets and Wild. Jets using up that game in hand on the Calgary Flames. If they're unable to pick up a point, Flames will be with the exact same number of games played as Winnipeg. And sitting just four points back, the Jets have been in a bit of a spiral of late. Two six and two in their last ten. Minnesota eight zero oh, and two, including that loss last night to the Calgary Flames. But the Jets have dropped some awful ones of late. Their last opponent, the San Jose Sharks, three two loss in overtime. They had a back uh, back at home and home with the Oilers. I saw them lose six three and then pick up a seven five win. In there, uh, a losing streak with losses to the Kings, Islanders twice, and Colorado. So Winnipeg, who was in a pretty secure position for most uh, of this season, now find themselves in a pretty precarious position when it comes to the NHL standings. And uh, for Flames fans, you certainly want to see Minnesota come out with a win tonight. They've won all three of their matchups this season. Uh, Minnesota picking up wins December 27th and uh, November 23rd, 4-1 and 6-1. They'll still see each other again in April. So uh, big game tonight in the out-of-town scoreboard. 
for the Calgary Flames to pay attention to uh, ahead of this one. I uh, did want to play this for you as well before we uh, move on to the NFL next segment. Uh, some post-game audio we haven't got to from last night. It's the head coach, Daryl Sutter. Uh, as usual with Daryl, not a long post-game media address, but uh, a lot of positives for the head coach out of their victory against the Minnesota Wild. Let's head back to Minneapolis, hear from the Flames head coach following a win against Minnesota last night. Maybe just give us uh, your kind of description of this hockey game here tonight. It seemed like it had some uh, intensity and physicality to it. Yeah, it was a carryover from the last game. I mean, those were, that was a one nothing game in the third period at home. So pretty similar type games. Did you like how your group kind of hung with it throughout this night? Yeah, of course. Played last night, got in late, you know. It's not an easy turnaround and, and uh, used everybody on the bench and guys did a good job. What uh, what did you see on the uh, on the goal that ends up getting overturned? But uh, get out of possession. Yeah. I mean, when you're skating backwards, the puck's got to be on your stick. That's the first thing I said. I said they got to look at that in a hurry because I don't think it was on his stick. Daryl, your goalie. That had to feel good for him. He's been playing pretty good of late. Yeah, it's good. It's good. To get some credit. Right? Gets his first shot out of the year and was was the first start of the game for sure. The way your team has played these past two games, just how happy are you with their performances? And- you know what? We're fighting for points. We know that. You know, we had, a, we had a one or two rough games at home, and everybody threw us under the bus, so good on them. Yeah, now just to kind of keep building on it, I would assume, right? Well, we've got to take it a game. I've said it lots, Brendan. I believe you got to win every game. you got to go 18, 19, 20, whatever it is. got to win. Win every game. Win every game. You make it. Would you? Uh, what did you think of your penalty kill tonight in some big situations? Big situations. A uh, couple, you know, similar last night where you just can't take a couple of penalties. Right? Those are, especially ozone penalties, are tough penalties to, to uh, take, and they're tough ones to kill too. That is Calgary Flames head coach Daryl Sutter following the win last night. In Minnesota, two in a row for the Calgary Flames. They'll look to make it three in a row next time they are out Friday. They begin a two-game homestand over the weekend. Ducks Friday night sends Sunday night to big games. Flames obviously want to pick up points against a Ducks team well below them in the standings. We've heard that story before. And then Sunday night, the Ottawa Senators in their own playoff battle in the East coming off a pretty disgusting 5 nothing blowout against the Chicago Blackhawks. They'll be a motivated group heading into that matchup on Sunday. So those are your next two games for the Calgary Flames. Of course, our pregame coverage uh, with Pat Steinberg and Pete Labardia starts an hour before puck drop every single game day. And Derek and Lou call the games right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960. The fan. Uh, and just to wrap up the segment, before we uh, head off to uh, start with Andy McNamara and try some NFL next, a couple other uh, names got thrown into the conversation on the text line at 960-960 on our International Women's Day. Uh, some of our favorite athletes in sport, uh, female athletes in sport. Uh, Taylor was talking about Christine Sinclair. I've talked about Marie-Philippe Poulin. Uh, Cam was on some of his favorites in F1. And uh, Haley Wickenheiser was in there. A couple of texts had come in. Uh, someone says in all cap letters, yeah, this is a great one. Brooke Henderson, uh, that's a massive name, only getting bigger in the golf world. Uh, that's for sure, and I loved this text uh, as well. 
Uh, what about the Women of the Legends Football League? I think they destroyed any dude in the 960 studios. Also, a shout out to the women of the WWE. Yes, lots of uh, different places that you can look for uh, for inspiration. Females doing uh, pretty cool things around the sports world. And uh, last one to get in here, Kim St. Pierre, uh, a huge goaltending idol for me growing up. So uh, awesome. Thanks for those texts on the text line at 960-960. Uh, we'll come back on the other side, chat some NFL storylines. Our pal Andy McNamara is coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, final segment of the show, flying by on a Wednesday. NFL season done and away with the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago. We're waiting on the NFL draft coming up around the corner. And uh, as always, the NFL offseason waits for no one over the last couple of days. Plenty of interesting storylines to dive into, so we thought it would be a perfect time to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcome in our pal Andy McNamara for a chat on this Wednesday afternoon. AMC, how are you, pal? Logan, doing good, buddy. What a way to finish the finish the show. We got tons of NFL to go to. I know, man. We got uh, we got so much to talk about here. Franchise tag deadline coming up, and some real interesting decisions by teams. We've got uh, the Jets apparently flying out to meet Aaron Rodgers and see about him being their next quarterback. Uh, let's start with that right there because I thought that was an interesting one to uh, to get to yesterday. That the Jets were going to make a full court press meeting Aaron Rodgers in California to see if he has any interest in being their quarterback. If you were the Jets, Andy, would you be interested in in Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely, because look at what you have on the roster at quarterback right now. Pretty much nothing. You've written off Zach Wilson, who I was on record at the time when he was drafted. It was a terrible pick. And now at quarterback, you have Mike White, who is good for one start at a time and then gets figured out. Joe Flacco, who's done. And our old CFL buddy, Chris Trevler, who, you know, let's be honest, fun guy, eh, probably not going to lead you to a Super Bowl. So you have the pieces around you. That's what, that's why they're making this press. Brees Hall at running back, Michael Carter's there, Garrett Wilson, Mims, Davis, at what, Elijah Moore. You have the pieces around the a defensive-minded head coach that was underrated. You got the pieces there. And if you want to compete in the AFC East against the Buffalo Bills, you're not going to do it with Mike White or Joe Flacco. So you got to make that full court press. They had Derek Carr as the backup plan, but I like what Derek Carr did. He's like, I'm not waiting around, man. I'll take my guaranteed money now with the saints in a weak division that I could win with my eyes closed. So now it's pretty much Aaron Rodgers, or who is not going to be pretty for the jets. Yeah. Cause the jets coming in, I believe hold the 13th overall pick in the draft. And you know, you just talked about all those weapons that they've accumulated around. It's not really a good time for them to, you know, first of all, 13th overall, you're probably at what the fourth or fifth quarterback on the board, maybe at that point, okay. Andy, and you're talking about a guy that's going to need some significant development time. It doesn't really fit the timeline with what they're doing in New York. No, if you want to draft a quarterback this year, which I feel has a lot of upside to it, but you're right. You, you nailed it right there. You're going to need some development time, unless your name's CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. But Bryce Young, even at just five foot ten, we can get into this a little bit later on. Um, I, I think he's going to be figured out and injury prone sooner than later. So really, unless you're going out to get CJ Stroud, which you're probably going to need the first overall pick to get or second, um, all these other guys are nice projects. Like if you had Aaron Rodgers and you use it to draft a quarterback, that's great because you can have Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years. 
But otherwise, no. So if you're not getting Aaron Rodgers, what's the next step? Is it a Jimmy Garoppolo also has trouble staying healthy, but has a great winning percentage? Um, does Lamar Jackson come into the equation? You know, there's there's a lot of options there. Do you think the Jets have enough to woo Aaron Rodgers? Do you think they, I mean, obviously money's one thing for a guy that's made plenty of it in his career. But if Aaron Rodgers says, look, I'm only going somewhere where I think I can win a Super Bowl. Do you think the Jets have enough to impress him to come to New York for a year or two? Boy, I just don't see if you're Aaron Rodgers and that's the goal. And here's the other thing, too. We know Aaron Rodgers loves himself some Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. right? Go <laughs> living in his pocket <laughs> hole. <laughs> so weird. So weird. But the thing is, this guy has an undeniable self-worth and faith in himself. Good on him. Right. So I don't know where his mind is. If he feels wherever he goes, that team then becomes the best option for the Super Bowl. That might be realistic as well. Right. So if he has that level of narcissism that I think he does, it might not matter where he thinks he goes because he makes that team Super Bowl ready. But since we are not Aaron Rodgers, we now look, okay, well, even with Aaron Rodgers, you're still the second best team in your division behind the Buffalo Bills. Oh, by the way, you still have to contend with the Kansas City Chiefs, with the Cincinnati Bengals. There's a lot there compared to, boy, man, if you just found a way to stay in the NFC, even with the Packers, you got a much easier. Who's stopping you in the NFC? The Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. Cowboys are, are always a threat. Um, and you, the teams in your division are getting better. So the NFC is the easier path. It sure seems that way. I'll be interested to see how this goes because it sounds like they're making a full court press for him. Yeah. Flying out there with the owner and the Jets and everything, but I just I don't know if there's enough for the Jets to uh to sell this to Aaron Rodgers. We'll wait and see. Uh wouldn't it be something if another Packers great winds up in those Jets colors and uh funny how life works out like that. Uh speaking of New York, uh the Giants got uh, a deal done just ahead of the uh the franchise tag deadline. On Tuesday with Daniel Jones, four years, $160 million. Uh, Daniel Jones is an interesting one because I know we've talked about this before, Andy. I don't think he's had a lot of help in New York. Uh, I think this year with a competent coaching staff, uh, he was at least able to show what he could be uh, and you know, still didn't have many receiving weapons around him. I'll give him that. But uh, four years, $160 million with another $35 million in upside at least right now, seems like a, a pretty big payday for Eric, for Daniel Jones. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, I think this is more of the stick with the devil you know than going elsewhere. Because we just talked about the different quarterback situation troubles if the other New York team doesn't get Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Right? What are you down to? If you get rid of Daniel Jones, the only other quarterback on your roster is Tyrod Taylor. Or you're not doing anything with him. So then again, are you making a press for a ever increasingly injury prone Lamar Jackson? Are you going Jimmy G like what makes you better? Or do you say, Hey, you know what? Is he perfect? No. Is he at best probably a mid tier starter in the NFL? I'd say so, but he did show improvement under Brian Dable who developed Josh Allen from scratch into a superstar in Buffalo. So maybe they're thinking, you know what? We saw enough this year that we think we can make Daniel Jones even better. And now we can keep him, Saquon Barkley. They have a lot of work to do. You mentioned it. Boy, that wide receiver core. I'm looking at that depth chart right now. Woo! That is, if you, for your fantasy football team, you can avoid the New York Giants' current <laughs> roster at wide receiver. Oh, my. But if you add, and hopefully not another horrific free agent signing like they did with uh, Kenny Galladay, 
if you draft a guy, you know, it's a good, good receiver class and you can get, you can get better with those surrounding pieces. But uh, I think it was a case of, look, we know we, we think Daniel Jones can get better and this is the best option to do it right now. Okay, Andy, talk to me about this situation with the Baltimore Ravens and uh, Lamar Jackson from your perspective. It it seems as strange to me as one that I can ever think of because uh, as soon as they placed this tag on him, the non-exclusive franchise tag, uh, after not being able to come to terms on a deal, all of a sudden, a bunch of ESPN sources, Diana Rossini, Jeff Darlington, uh, immediately start to point out that despite the fact that he has the ability to negotiate with other teams, all of these quote-unquote quarterback needy teams were immediately out on Lamar Jackson. Didn't want anything to do with them. Uh, Miami, no, we're fine with Tua. The Atlanta Falcons who have maybe as big a quarterback need as anybody in the NFL. No, we're not going to touch them. It, commanders, all these teams come out and say, no, we're not going to be into this. There's a lot of players, a lot of former players wondering if this is the NFL owner's attempt to push back against the Cleveland Browns giving uh, Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract. How do you see this whole thing? It just doesn't seem like everything's being presented to us in facts right now. Oh, Logan, I have to say, putting my Browns hat on for a second, this is delicious. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's the only word, chaos. It's just, it's just beautiful chaos, like a symphony of despair. Oh. It's wonderful. It's just like, man, here's the, the, the depth to this Deshaun Watson, the fallout, which is, is fascinating because that guaranteed money. All, and it's well documented. Uh, Jimmy ha- the Haslam, the Browns' owners, uh, uh, PO'd every owner, furious with them. So now what happens is, yes, like the Lamar Jackson, he's like, well, I want guaranteed money too. And I was like, oh, man. Now this is a situation, but what's also great, what the Browns did, and this isn't directly to hose the Ravens. It's something that they, that made business sense too, but as a side, it does hose them is they did not negotiate down uh, Deshaun Watson's contract. Cause we know the NFL salary cap is fake. Mm-hmm. Right? They're going to turn about 40 mil of Deshaun Watson's salary cap into a signing bonus. And the Browns go under the salary cap, but they waited until after the tag deadline because what that does is those tags give the five top salaries um, of quarterbacks and if you leave the Shaw Watsons there it makes the Ravens pay more so it really sticks it to them which is great but what we're looking at now is okay is I'm hearing collusion why don't the thing we don't know is one Deshaun Watson or um, Lamar Jackson is not represented by an agent it's mm-hmm. him and his mom so we don't know the messaging that's being put out there. The messaging to the general public is Deshaun Watson doesn't want to speak to you unless you want to give him a fully guaranteed contract. Well, if that's fact, then teams who don't want to get into that situation for a quarterback who, let's face it, has as many playoff wins as Baker Mayfield, video game highlights, fantasy football, MVP, I understand. But when it comes down to crunch time, Lamar Jackson, who had, by the way, an offense tailored to him specifically, specifically, everything has been around him, stability of coaching, franchise, everything to him, has only been able to win one and has got more injured each of the last two years with a mobile quarterback whose defenses, when NFL defenses look at Lamar Jackson, the first thing they try to do is make him throw the ball. To me, that says again, is that really your franchise quarterback where if you have a team already kind of built out and you're like, okay, well, you can't just drop him in. You have to fully revamp your offense. That's not for everybody. Plus, if the conversation is true 
and he only wants guaranteed or he's not interested in talking to you, then I'm not surprised that teams are out on him. Because if you don't want to do that, then why would you talk to Lamar Jackson? Now, if he comes back and he starts talking, hey, you know what, let's, let's chat, we're open. Okay, now we have a different conversation. But right now, you don't want to be in that situation and lock in a guy for, what, four or five years who's been injured the last two years, who's very, who's mobile, and that's, that's about it. You know, you can look at the stats, but when it comes down to it, like I said, the passing is not where it needs to be. I'm not surprised. Are you surprised the Ravens have gone down the path of handling it like this? I think that's maybe where I'm a little bit more confused here is because it feels like they have a very hard and steadfast number in mind. And if it doesn't come anywhere near that, they're, you know, they're not going to touch this with Lamar Jackson and they'll just sort of operate on the fringes. But I, it feels like it's hard to do that when, you know, look, I understand why the Ravens might not be happy with the Browns going out and doing that, but you see guys like Kyler Murray gets paid and all these guys, and yet here the Ravens are, and, and they want to play hardball with a guy that's got an MVP trophy. And I agree with everything that you said, Andy, uh, about you know some of the limitations and the reasons you might be scared off of him. But, man, people have given a lot less to a lot less of player <laughs> than Lamar Jackson over the years. You're, you're, you're not wrong. You are not wrong on that. That's right. People get thirsty for quarterbacks, and, and they pay. Here's the difference to me. I think this is more telling about what the Ravens really think about Lamar Jackson as their long-term franchise quarterback. So think about it. If this was Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, whoever, you're paying that full thing. Guaranteed. Like you're telling me if that if, if this is a situation in Patrick Mahomes now, and he's like, I want fully, you know, whatever. Chiefs would be like, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Josh Allen, same. Yeah, okay. Um, but the Joe Burrow. Same thing. But why did the Ravens not do that? Well, I think it comes down to, again, that this offense had to be tailor-made to him. So specific with the run, with the RP, everything around him. And this is another interesting thing that I think the Ravens know better than anybody. Is how come, and Eric DaCosta, oh, first side note, Logan, did you hear Eric DaCosta, their GM, bury his own wide receiver? I sure did, yes. And then their receivers were just going crazy on social media. It, it's, it was hilarious. But here's, here's what, I, what I come back to is, okay, at some point it's the, oh, it's you, it's you, it's you. Well, at some point it's me. And by me, I mean it's Lamar Jackson. Because Hollywood Marquise Brown was, oh, this guy, what a bust. Well, before he got injured in Arizona, went over there last year, boy, he looked really good with Kyler Murray throwing him the ball. Okay, well, that guy can pass the ball. All right. So is it the receivers are poor? I like Bateman coming out of college. Isn't doing too well. Well, is Bateman a bad wide receiver? Or is it Lamar Jackson? Again, can't get him the football if your name isn't Mark Andrews, who's a giant target that he just throws it up and he goes and gets it. So I think the Ravens now are thinking, okay, well, we want him, but do we want all this? They don't fully believe in him. They don't fully buy in on him. And the fact that you got rid of the offensive coordinator, now you have a, who is it, Munkin, I think, in who runs a different style offense. I think the writing's on the wall. Uh, one more NFL superstar to touch on. Uh, he was on the Pat McAfee show today, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins said, eh, I'm not really concerned about what happens. I take things day to day. If I get traded by Arizona, I get traded. Uh, they've got a lot of cap problems in Arizona, and a lot of it could be fixed by moving DeAndre Hopkins. Andy, uh, we always have you on for fantasy football talk during the year, so I guess – Bring it back to this perspective. If there was a team that you think could best benefit by going out and trading for DeAndre Hopkins, who would you go with? 
Oh, boy. And, and Hopkins is getting into that stage now where he's a bit older, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's getting, gosh, you know, and, and it's, it's 30 years old, and it's okay. Is he starting to get injury-prone, right, again? Yeah. And how do you rely on him? Uh, on my fantasy radar, no matter where he goes, I would – not that I don't want him on my team. I wouldn't want him to be my first receiver on my team. So what we have to look at is, okay, who are some pass-heavy teams that uh, could, could use him and maybe have the um, uh, openings to have him? I think maybe like a dark horse, depending who the Houston Texans take at quarterback – that could be interesting because if you get C.J. Stroud or, or one of the, you know, even Bryce Young, uh, even though he wouldn't be my first pick, who can sling it, that might be a spot. Um, you look at a place like, okay, well, does, does Buffalo have room? Probably not. And, and you have to work in that salary cap, right? What about the, the Eagles? So there's, you know what? How about the Chicago Bears? How about that? You have yes. Justin Fields on his rookie deal. You need weapons. You're saying he's your guy. You need to fill that out. Well, why don't you go get I'm at him and Chase Claypool? Ooh, that's a good start, right? Mm-hmm. I think Chicago. For me, you know what? For me, give me Chicago for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Chatting with Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru and the host of the Sick Podcast, all things Cleveland Browns, uh, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon, Andy. Uh, the Combine is in the books. Uh, everybody's made their in-person evaluations uh, as usual, there was a couple of standouts, good and bad, from the Combine. I'm curious what you made uh, of the quarterbacks at Combine. Anthony Richardson from Florida, the guy that sounds like he made the biggest impression uh, in person at the Combine. Boy, that guy. That, you talk about I, each, each year, Logan, I get, a, I get a Combine crush that I pick. I think it might be Anthony Richardson on the quarterback side. Oh, but like the numbers are unreal. Okay, For those who haven't heard of like, people, Six four and a quarter inches tall, two hundred and forty five uh, four uh, four pounds, built bigger than Cam Newton, and ran a four point four four second forty yard dash. That's not that's not real, right? That's a that's typo. Ridiculous. No, it's not. It's insane. It's vertical. All the measurables. Now the trouble is in college, you can't really read a defense. Okay, you know that could be troublesome, but he extends plays. He makes unorthodox throws. He's got a big arm. He can make the throws at every level, but he needs work at every level. He needs footwork. That's one thing that stood out to me. Needs mechanic work, needs delivery work, um, needs, again, to be able to go through progressions. But you also have a guy who's mobile. The difference between him and, let's say, a guy like Lamar Jackson or uh, Kyler Murray, this guy goes, I think, is is more fierce than Cam Newton. He'll run through you for five years before you, you have to worry about him. Right. So there's a place I hope he lands in the spot where he doesn't have to start right away and does have sort of that, if it's possible, kind of that Brian Dable type of uh, um, tutoring or Shanahan style style. Cause if you can get that guy to even half competently read a defense, th- that dude is terrifying. Uh, wide receiver is an interesting one. No real standout as far as like a top 10 guy goes this year. And you could see, mm-hmm maybe down the first round before a first wide receiver goes. Anybody that stood out to you in a positive way from the wide receiver core, Andy? Oh, yeah. There's there's a few. And I think there are guys that you can get at third, fourth, fifth round that I think could be stars. So, again, I look at size and speed. And, again, some of these numbers, like, Logan, this is becoming ridiculous as far as, like, the athleticism. Like we're, I think we're seeing humanity evolve in front of us, <laughs> and, and we're not a part of it, sadly. Yeah. But, how about here's a couple guys Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia 
4.38 second 40. Stop it. What? <laughs> His wingspan, he's built like, he's built like a, a jet. Now, again, why isn't he a top five pick? Well, he's raw. His college production wasn't great. But depending how you use him, if you bring him in as a third guy and say, hey, you know what? We'll work on your route tree. We're not too worried about that. We'll have you just run really fast, catch the ball, and run through people. How'd that work out for a guy, I don't know, DK Metcalf, who went in the second round? Mm-hmm. People said he couldn't run routes. Remember? Yep. Can't run routes. Okay. Well, he was really big, really fast, and could catch the ball. So Bryce Ford, we Another in the similar vein, Matt Lander, 6'4", 200, ran a 4.37 second. Long strikes, pulls away. That's another name to watch. He's out of Arkansas. Smaller guys I like, I like Marvin Mims Jr. can um, uh, return punts as well. He's 5'11", 4.3. And what I always watch in the combine, Logan, is the hand placement in those drills. You're like, oh, the combine's stupid. You can't. No, no, no. You watch and you can learn. Footwork for quarterbacks, hand placement. Is he natural? Does he catch it away from the body? Is he a body catcher? Mims is a guy who catches it naturally and in stride. Darius Davis, another elite-level punt returner, 5'8", 165. So that size kind of scares you away from TCU. And one other guy, Andre Yeshivas out of Princeton, 6'3", 205, ran a 4.43, 39-inch vertical. He has the burner speed, but when I watch, catches the ball to his body a little bit. So that's a bit of a, you know, some concentration drops, but there's a lot of talent there. If you bring any of the guys I just mentioned in and you don't expect them to be a top one and a third, fourth, you can develop these guys into absolute studs. So for your dynasty fantasy league, those are some names. Keep it. You can probably get them a little bit later in your fantasy drafts, tuck them away and down the road might prove that uh, that was a good decision. Uh, on the pod, uh, obviously covering all things uh, Cleveland Browns, where are you guys talking for a, a need in the draft for Cleveland? Oh, well, first of all, so for free agency, it all depends on free agency for the Browns. Yes. So they need defensive tackles, two of them. They need defensive tackles, no doubt, because you bring in Jim Schwartz, that wide five, wide nine defense needs defensive tackles. The Browns do not have them. You just have Miles Garrett, that's it. So if you can sign, Philadelphia has pretty much their whole defense available. That's <laughs> free agency <laughs> where, where Schwartz won a Super Bowl. Um, if you can get a stud, like a true like Pro Bowl level defensive tackle who are available, um, you plug him in. You get another guy who's a starter. Then in the draft, I think what you do with that second round pick is you target the best speedster wide receiver because what the Browns have is Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, but they need that over-the-top burner speed. The guy who Deshaun Watson can just chuck it up. But the, the thing is, he also has to be able to catch the ball. So you, you can't just have the speedster. You have to be an actual threat. A guy, uh, look to the Steelers, George Pickens. A George Pickens is perfect in this Browns offense, and the Steelers got him in the second round. So some of those guys I listed there, um, you'd be able to get second or below, but that's what they need, a guy who can catch and run super fast, don't be complicated. Just go quick and get them. So you need that wide receiver uh, would be the, sort of the top. As long as the defensive line is addressed, wide receiver would be the top Browns need. Uh, what's keeping you busy these days, pal? Obviously, Combine got you for a couple days there. And now uh, I look to head to free agency maybe and then the draft yeah. next couple weeks. Yeah, man. Yeah, for draft is next week. Or not, not draft, sorry. Uh, free agency is next week. So that's going to just be all over the place. The the quarterback uh, carousel, of course, is that we talked about is going to be <laughs> really interesting. And then, yeah, then you really lead up to the draft, uh, which is the uh, end of April. So it'll go through a little bit of a downtime, but 
now is really where you start thinking, okay, um, based off once free agency hits, then you can really start your fantasy planning. Um, it'll, it'll adjust again because of the draft, but now after that, then you can start putting in, okay, how does this team look? Where can I start uh, pinpointing who I want in fantasy and any trades, of course, like that. So that's where I'm kind of going to be. I'm going to be free agency, fantasy planning, getting ready for the draft and going over more. I got about five pages of uh, combine notes <laughs> from these players. It's uh, <laughs> so I, I got a pretty good feel on them too. So we'll be going over a lot of those. Awesome, man. I uh, really appreciate the time as always, Andy. Can't wait to check in. Uh, maybe after free agency opens yeah. and we've had some, uh, some big movements, we'll uh, have you back on to, uh, to check in on the latest. Thanks for the time as always, pal. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. Take care. Andy McNamara, fantasy football guru uh, during the season, uh, all things NFL uh, during the off season. You can find him on Twitter at Andy MC 81. Yes. Free agency right around the corner for the NFL. The draft will be here before you know it. And uh, plenty of storylines still to go is Aaron Rodgers going to follow in the Brett Favre footsteps and perhaps throw on a New York Jets jersey for the upcoming season. Uh, and what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, a couple of big storylines to watch over the next couple of weeks. We'll uh, follow it all right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. That'll do it for our show today. We'll hand things over to Haley Salvian for Hockey Central 960. She's got you for the next hour. We're going to hour the Hockey PDO cast coming up with Dmitry Filipovich. And, of course, Pat's got you for Flames Talk tonight, breaking down all things Flames and Minnesota Wild from last night. Thank you to our guests, Annie McNamara and Pete Labardius. Thank you to our outstanding production team of Cam and Taylor on this Wednesday afternoon. We will be back tomorrow for more here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.